0: I believe that when you create a message that is aligned with your truth, you can have the breakthroughs that changes lives. Each week, me and my guests share with you how we're making an impact with our message and the stories behind our success. So that being said, let's dive into today's episode. Well, today I have a super special guest on the show, Ryan Alford, who is a radical brand builder. I mean, come on, perfect place to come on, right? Successful entrepreneur, marketing influencer. He's a (laughs) madman. And, um, you know, he's the host of the Radcast, a top 20 U.S. business podcast, CEO of a digital ad agency called Radical, and I'm just really excited to have you here. So welcome, Ryan, <laughs> to the Thanks show. Thanks for
1: having me. I'm excited to be here. Really appreciate yeah. the opportunity. And let's talk some brand and whatever else. I've uh, been living and breathing it for 20 plus years. I'll have to age myself a bit. So looking Uh-oh. forward to it.
0: I love it. Well, tell me what you do in your own words.
1: Well, I think uh, at the end of the day, I think I'm a good storyteller. Uh, I'm definitely a hybrid marketer. Um mm-hmm. I started in marketing right out of school and uh, one of the few people that probably did it. I've been in the ad agency business for 20 years, 15 of those working for other people. Um, And then now I am, you know, I guess an entrepreneur describes me best. Uh, I've involved in three or four different companies, but I've worked on some of the largest brands in the world in my career and been blessed to have a lot of experiences, but I guess uh I guess you'd boil it all down to uh some 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 sort of marketer uh, amongst all of those things.
0: <laughs> I love it. I actually started my career in advertising as well. I worked at Leo Burnett as an art director for like three years. <laughs> so
1: Yeah. So you I know mean, the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Craziness, but really good, really fun. So okay, let's talk a little bit about who you work with. Well, I mean, obviously, I know that you work with massive companies as well, but I feel like I want to kind of start with understanding who your ideal audience is right now. And it might be broad or maybe not, but I'm just kind of curious to that.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you kind of two answers to that. Like, I personally work um, consulting, coaching, mm-hmm. um, doing really authority building with leadership executives. Mm-hmm and people that want to grow and expand their personal brand to create leverage in the market, I believe, and have trademarked the the statement. It pays to be known. Mm. Uh, And so I work a lot with, you know, coaching and mentoring executives um, and helping them develop their personal brand uh, to help them expand their company opportunities as well as their personal opportunities, both from a legacy standpoint. Uh, And I just purely believe that the more uh, you are in the social sphere, the more known you are, the more opportunities you get. Um, my company Radical, you know, works on primarily with B2B companies or e-commerce companies. Um, typically, what I like to say is pretty fairly established companies that are, that are good foundational businesses that are looking to become great. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer that marketing is not medicine, it's gasoline. Uh, you can't fix A bad business with marketing what you can do is you can accelerate and assist uh great or good companies and help them become great um with the proper marketing messaging um and ultimately just execution of of tactics and and strategy
0: i love that so because you went there and this is where i go too what do you feel in terms of messaging how much of a role do you feel that messaging plays in effective marketing?
1: Yeah, I mean it's in today's world it's sort of everything. Yeah. I, I've I kind of came up. I feel like what's old is new again a bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're getting you know well well digital marketing, which you know we we are a digital agency, um, was such an interesting space. It kind of created a cheat code there, twenty ten to twenty eighteen, let's say, because of Facebook and all this ability to hyper target, um, do things people were able to kind of jump ahead of maybe the messaging took a little bit of a backseat to just offer and promo and things like that. Um, but I think we're getting back to a space because, you know, people that market has been oversaturated to where the storytelling, the narrative and the messaging plays an even more important role in really defining you know, what you are and ultimately what your target consumer, how you want them to think, how you want them to feel, and what do you want them to do. And I think messaging plays into all of that.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like what I've experienced over the years as well is that it, I mean, you could have the perfect, quote unquote, perfect marketing strategy and the funnel and the ads and all the things. But if your messaging And I think that more, almost more specifically, I want to hear what you think about this. You're targeting, and I'm not saying like the only like the who you're choosing in ads, in Facebook of like your interests or whatever, but how you look at your audience, I think that that's really the core. Do you feel like that's accurate as well?
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, like, I I think it's like a little bit of a lost art of, you you can't be all things to all people. Right. And you know, sometimes alienating or separating one audience um, is the best thing you could do because it it creates a community and a and an audience that really responds to you better. And I think sometimes what I see brands doing is, you know, they're trying to shuffle the deck a little bit too much to too many people, and it it's it, I think really narrowing in on that audience is key to to success, um, and really you know people have never been more aware that they'd be marketed and advertised to like yeah. they know it and so there has to be a level of authenticity and if you aren't specific in that discussion with that audience then they're going to see right through it
0: so one of the things that i've kind of come across and kind of personally radically stand for to use your phrase of radical brands right um is is in favor of or against kind of pain marketing, right? I call it like going from pain marketing to going to gain marketing. And I feel like what I've experienced over the last few years with most of the coaches and marketers and companies that I've worked with has been like, let's push on the pain and let's do problem agitate solution sort of formulas. And let's talk to the problem and let's make people feel like if they don't buy this, their life is going to be over and all that crap. And I personally kind of took a moment maybe around two years ago where I felt like this doesn't feel right. And it doesn't feel like where the market is going. And I've kind of shifted to focusing more on game. That doesn't mean that you're not, you're not going to speak to the problems, but it's like, you're, you're leading more with desire. So I'm kind of curious to what your thoughts and your experiences around some of this stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've played all sides of that coin, right. uh, you know, like I came up um, working on and helping develop campaigns for smartphones, um, you know, really ushered in the smartphone era working with Apple, Verizon, Motorola and the pain points then were uh, cell phone connection and speed of connection to really do all the features and functions. And so, you know, we what I would always try to counsel clients to do is you can lead into the problems, mm-hmm. but we like to do it in 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 fun and interesting ways, and not necessarily um, ways that spin it or that are are. Uh, I like evoking emotion, but right. I like evoking the right emotion for a memory and for relatability. Yeah, I think I as like long that. as you, I think relatability is probably the key word. It could be emotionally, it can be pain. But it needs to be relatable so that it shows that you understand and it's not just for a knee-jerk re- emotional reaction. Yeah. So I think it just depends on, on what you're marketing because we did a lot of that with cell phones. And, you know, one of my first campaigns was Can You Hear Me Now with Verizon. Oh, wow. And so if you remember that, I mean, one of the most recognizable campaigns yeah. uh, of all time. And it was a fun way because it was test man walking around for Verizon. And look, it was a pain point. People would get on the yeah. phone, and you'd drop yeah. the call. Everyone remembers, you know, that's old enough, you know. Uh, those young- I don't
0: remember <laughs> that. I have no clue what you're talking about. Ryan.
1: <laughs> well, well, you and I might be old enough to remember, but uh, you know, there might be some a few uh, millennials out there that that don't, you know, but because they have had the 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 wonderful nature of of ubiquitous uh, cell phone coverage for the most part. But you know, but it leaned into that in a fun way. Test man's walking around; he's testing it, right? And you know, and so people related to that. Um, and so you could say that was a pain point in yes. a way. Yeah, you're right. But you but you make it relatable and interesting and fun um, instead of uh, I don't know playing with just consumer emotions um, for the sake of playing with consumer emotions because sometimes uh, I think that's ineffective in the long term.
0: 100. percent I love that. I love that perspective. So what do you think is the key way that a brand has to differentiate themselves? Which yeah. is a Broad question, but, it is, <laughs> massive, but I but, can yeah.
1: answer it. But I, you know, like, cause I have a really specific perspective on this. Okay. Um, we like to work with with category leaders, um, or people uh-huh. that are willing to change and develop the category. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Lockhead is a mentor of mine and someone I follow very heavily, and he's a uh, owns a company called Category Pirates, and and there's this belief by him, and I and I don't let a lot into my sphere because there's so many voices around. But he is someone that I really listen to, and I think it, if if you can develop your own category as a brand, uh, you have you know first mover potential and opportunity. Because if you're just fighting for leftovers, trying to be best, trying to be a better brand. Um, in an existing category, you're typically fighting over 25% of the market, because 75% is owned by the category leader. Right. Um, An example of that would almost be as similar to like Coke and Pepsi. They seem like they're competitors, but Coke really dominates the market. Um, And so, and there's a million other examples, uh, you know, Uber coming in and establishing that owns nearly 70% of the market, because it established a new market for uh, transportation and getting around as taxis kind of stagnated. There's a a lot of examples. So so what we like to do is, you know, work with brands that are establishing a new category or assist them in kind of developing their product or their portfolio uh, and messaging to, to build a separate or different category where it makes sense so i kind of start there mm-hmm. and then uh, you know sometimes we're working with a company that doesn't know it that they're already the category king and so or queen and so we uh we like to uh help them establish that that point and and message accordingly mm-hmm. which is you know I, I do believe i don't believe in like chest beating anymore we're the greatest this we're the number one that right. that's not that's ineffective but there is a tone of voice and a manner and approach for brands that are in a category lead position
0: i love that is this because i was looking through your website is this what you do to focus on creating demand for companies
1: yeah it is one of them one of them and and we believe in you know our universal kind of go to market is b to h business to human uh and or human to human you know like to take it a step further there's no b to c there's no b to b we, we like to message and counsel our our clients to think through a human lens with both messaging, uh, branding and focus, because a lot of times, especially in B2B, unless that would be to see it gets very speeds, feeds, feature heavy talking about the the business uh, product or service
0: mm-hmm. when it
1: doesn't get into the human level of what are the ultimate benefits and are you being authentic and do they understand what you're messaging? And so um, we counsel and work in a lot of ways with with businesses through that lens.
0: So I I think that what is tricky about it is finding your category when you are coming in in a saturated market. Right. I feel like when you're well, I mean, I guess the point is for you to kind of do something that is completely different, but. Can you talk a little bit more about how you define, I mean, I know I don't want you to give it all away, but um, about what your process is or what people should be doing in terms of defining what their own category is?
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is identifying what the gap is in the current market, Mm -hmm. right? If you're, what what is the current market? It's based on consumer insight, right? Right. Um, Any category is developed around a consumer insight ultimately, which is how do we take, you know a person that's a consumer that's in position a and get them to position b c or d and usually that's done through an insight through a gap analysis of what might be missing in the market a key attribute a key problem that hasn't been solved and sometimes you're solving a problem that they don't even know they have right so sometimes it's being uh you know uh problem aware uh versus solution aware and so it's it's a, it's a dynamic process, but it starts with that that gap analysis and then consumer behavior. There's usually an insight. Um, and a lot of times, you know, that's where the messaging comes in with right. developing things that kind of start to position the, the client or brand in that new light. Um, but it's a very detailed and, and complicated process uh, that, that's unique to any given company.
0: 100%. That makes sense. Okay, so let's switch gear a little bit and talk about marketing. And I want to hear about your point of view or perspective around what's going on with short form video, TikTok and reels and YouTube shorts and how brands can leverage that more to get more visibility.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, I kind of said it earlier, uh, people have never been more aware they're marketed to. So, yeah, and, and we have so many channels now. So attention spans are fleeting. Um, and I live and market through with companies, you know, generally speaking, through two lenses with content, especially when it relates to video. Mm -hmm. So when I'm interrupting someone, when I'm in their feed, their uh, Instagram feed, their TikTok feed, I'm interrupting their entertainment to a degree, right? Right. Uh, Especially if I'm in a company. So when I'm in an interruptive mode, I am trying to be short sweet to the point educational and entertaining. And that will have a lasting impact quicker because I'm interrupting. Long form video belongs on your website or on YouTube where right. they have, okay, clicked a link. So they are making an active point to search you out. They're mm-hmm. investing time in you so you can have longer form. But short form video is the way to break through and to create more massive reach because of the organic way with which these platforms and the algorithms are are now channeled through, you know, how long it's watched, shareability, all engagement levels and short form quick cuts, quick storytelling, quick entertainment um, is what will drive those metrics. So ultimately brands have to play along.
0: Right. And it's like you're using short form to take them to the long form content where you can, it's like you're filtering people through that are your ideal client at the end of the day. Well,
1: I mean, I'm an old school guy. If you're you're watching this or listening, if you're watching, you'll see my V uh, shape on the thing. The funnel, the top of the funnel to the bottom. You have awareness, you have consideration, you have intent, and you have purchase. To simplify it. And at the top of that is awareness and short form is what gets them into the funnel. And Mm -hmm. how we ultimately close them might be long form, but before they're ever going to take that step to want more interest level, is they're going to have to relate and spend enough time with you at the top of that funnel, which is what the short form kind of allows for.
0: 100%. Is there uh, a go-to, and I mean, obviously I know that you have a lot of varied clients in different industries and all of the things, but I'm curious if there's any, like if there's a go-to strategy that you feel people aren't leveraging enough or not really paying attention to enough.
1: Yeah. On social media. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it broad based, but on social media, there's, two, there's the biggest thing is defining what I call subjects for, for your messaging right. and sticking to them in consistency um there's way too much oh we ran that we tried it it didn't work well that is that's not the way you're going to measure it you're going to have to have iteration and social media messaging especially and creating those kind of content subjects with which you stick to some with which feed into you know a consumer emotion that you're trying to do something that feeds into the master core brand some things that show the personal side of executive leadership like you need to have these components of subjects that are, and those need to be like pulled through in all of your communication channels. And I think the one thing that I feel like is missing is like, is a firm strategy. <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, like too many companies are kind of shooting from the hip. They think they have a strategy, but they really don't.
0: 100%. It's funny how, cause, and I think I think it comes down to that same sort of problem of not really, you're just thinking that marketing is going to solve things, right? And. Yeah. And like, okay, let me just go viral. Number one, it's not that easy. Number two, even if you do go viral, doesn't mean anything because you could go viral with your cat dancing or whatever. And <laughs> great, good for you. Let's yeah. sell cat products, I guess. Um, <laughs> one and, of my favorite
1: sayings is hope is not a strategy. And if you're uh, hoping for virality, then good luck. <laughs> right.
0: And I think that I, I, I think that what happens too often is that people don't like they're too reactive in their businesses. And they're like, okay, well, let me, let me do TikTok. Let me do this. Let me do that. And not really think, sit down and think about number one, I need to have clarity, real clarity in my messaging, not like five minute, I I watched a video on how to create an avatar and that's clarity or whatever basic thing that you're doing, but real clarity on who you are, who your audience is, what's going to relate, What's going to build that relatability and then turn that around and say, okay, how do I connect the dots between my audience and me? How do I create the strategy that's going to bring us together? But let me just post all over the place and kind of, I'm visible. Great, my friend, but you're not doing anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's part of the reason you hire an agency and and while we get hired is radical is when you hire an agency called radical, you know, we immediately have a license to live to our name. and and so but you as a company internally a lot of stakeholders won't push the envelope or won't go where we're we're not afraid to go and so you've got to test and iterate and kind of get out of your own way and that's back to being authentic authentic in today's world and like you know being you don't have to get off brand um to have a personality online and and so there's there's happy points in there but i think a lot of people just check the box uh, with with some of these things, but they're not leveraging the full potential that exists.
0: No, not at all. Well, because you brought it up, now I'm curious. What does being radical mean to you?
1: Yeah, I mean it means. uh, Look, we never we never start from the status quo. We always go. We always start from the furthest point out. Like <laughs> you know, oh, it's uh. We, we take inspiration from what works, but we challenge, um, ourselves to think further and, you know, it's, it, it isn't a 100% success rate of every piece of content that's ever come out of our, our shop is as radical as we want it to be, (laughs) but it does, it does take a certain stance and a certain approach today to break through. And you are not going to break through um, copying or doing uh, what what you think is is what will work, or what you think uh, will make you know everyone within the company comfortable. And mm-hmm. so we start by telling people immediately that they need to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: I love that. You know, it's it's so interesting because I have an upcoming workshop and I was writing I'm writing the content for it. And one of the things that I was talking about was precisely what you just brought up of, you know, how often people think that, well, if I'm seeing these companies in my industry who are successful doing things this way, it must mean that that's who I need to be or how I need to show up to be successful. And what ends up happening is everybody's like a little copycat of each other with variations, but you're not really standing for anything. And it's, it gets you like, it gets people to keep on scrolling.
1: <laughs> this, yes. Right. Well, there's a, there's a country music song. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the artist. It's a fairly new song and it's called I'm not for everyone. Very and, and it's, it's talk, it, the, all the lyrics are about the fact, you know, when some people yin, some people yang. And I think you have to lean into that on some levels because right. a lot of times what we think will work and break through, it's 100% the opposite. Yeah. And uh, it, it's surprisingly effective.
0: 100%. I do think that the your level of expertise really matters to what you're saying in the sense that I think that when you're too new and you're still figuring yourself out, being radical can be very challenging because you still don't understand what you don't, like you you don't have the insights yet necessarily. And I think that that detail is really important when you're in that space. Does that make sense?
1: It makes a hundred percent. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And it's, you know, that's why you work with specialists and other people, but You know, I have a career littered with, uh, you know, yinning when people yang. And so okay. uh, I could walk into the rooms with, I was on the floor of Verizon Wireless at 27 years old, telling them and them listening to me um, to, you know, take left turns when others take right. Um, so I've built a career around that, but you have to be able to, you know, back it up. Um, yeah. And so, well, I backed it up by... Uh, with with the droid campaign which kicked apples ass for uh, for about 3 months until they bailed on the campaign
0: <laughs> I love it yeah i i i but don't you feel like that comes down to your level of certainty within yourself too like that's where i feel like that personal development and growth comes in too right does that make sense
1: yeah oh 100% you got to be confident and know. Yeah. um but you know with con- confidence comes from um, some level of experience. I mean, you know, we can all have it, you know, built into us innately, but, um, you know, you got to fall on your face a few times too. I've done that. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Unfortunately, but yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately, but it's also necessary. It's part of the
1: learning, you know, it's painful. Uh, but, uh, you know, typically I've done it more in my own, like businesses than for others. I typically, uh, you know, I save the home runs for the clients, and uh, you know, I, I I fall in the face for just my own personal venture. So maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> I
0: guess. I guess. Okay. So last question that I have for you, kind of tying it back to what you were talking about right now, I'm curious to hear about how and if you prioritize mindset work and personal development in your own life. Because for me, it's been like a big deal, but I don't know what it's like for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. I do. I mean. I think I've always been a little innate with understanding that if I didn't have myself right, that I did, I wasn't optimal for anyone else either. And Mm -hmm. so like, I think at an early age, I was selfish with my time. I've always been a big freedom person, but you know, I work out at least on some level, five or six days a week, I, you know, make time for myself to kind of like unwind and do things. And look, I mean, I'm running four companies. I have four boys under the age of 13. Uh, I'm married. And so like no one's busier than me, but I make time for myself and to do those things. And I think because if your mind isn't right, if you're, I, it, I love it. I don't remember who it was. There's a, who did the original thing, but kind of the, uh, The airplane going down oxygen mass thing like if you don't have oxygen, you can't give anyone else oxygen, you know, like (laughs) it's like the perfect example. Um, But 100% you have to work on yourself and you have to know that there's another gear that you can take because we all have levels of optimization that we can we can step up to so it's huge.
0: I love it, 100%. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. This has been so much fun. Uh, where can people find you, reach out to you, whatever you've got, share <laughs> sure it with them? Yes,
1: um, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, before you could buy it, uh, verified on every platform. So I'm. You, you'll see the blue check with Ryan Alford everywhere on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, etc. cetera. Um, and ryanalford.com is my personal website and radical.company is our company website. So I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and thank you for noting awesome. that.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Gracias for listening to today's episode of the Break Your Brand Show. To listen to more episodes or to be featured as a guest, go to fabipaulini.com slash podcast for more details. Can I ask you for something? If you got value out of this episode, would you share it on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or just post it online. If you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let me know about the show and include the hashtag Breakthrough Brand Show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and subscribe right now. Your thumbs up, rating, amor, love, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean so much to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, fabipauli.com or follow me everywhere as Fabi Pauli. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Con amor, Fabi.